Welcome to Rivers in the Desert International, a revival ministry dedicated to bringing the living waters of God's love to a hurting and dying world. It is our desire as you listen to the following message that the Holy Spirit will fill you afresh and that you would be ignited into a fervency for Jesus. This is the day to be filled with the knowledge of His glory as the waters cover the sea. God is doing something new on planet Earth today, and you and I have the great privilege to be a part of it. We love you. Be blessed. Shalom, friends. This is Scott Holtz with Rivers in the Desert. We greet you, Megan Roth Shalom, from the land of promise. Hallelujah. The land of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The land of our roots, our spiritual journey. Hallelujah. Faith of our fathers, etc., etc. This is the land of Israel that we are pioneering in, camped in, in, sojourning in, waiting for the return of our Messiah the commander-in-chief of the armies of heaven, whose name is Yeshua, salvation, hallelujah, glory to God, who transfigured, who walked, who cast out devils, glory to God. And I tell you, man, the demons are manifesting lately, aren't they? You got uh, uh, Obama, Barack Hussein, Obama, you got Hillary, Rod Clinton, Rodham Clinton, you got all kinds of people manifest. You got the Palestinian terrorists manifesting. You got Iran manifesting. You got Syria. You know, they're all just manifesting about Jerusalem. Sounds similar, doesn't it? God's going to make Jerusalem a stumbling block to all the nations. So this is a, an update to you from Israel. We've got a special teaching here. I just pray that you grab a hold of it and that you become metamorphosized by the power of God's word today. Hallelujah. And uh, let's get started right away. We'll give you some updates in a little bit. We will uh, feed you, service your faith with this fresh manna, and also tell you some of the things uh, that are declassified that's going on here that you can get real excited about. Glory to God. Here we go. First of all, if you have our recent newsletter, or if you don't have it in front of you, you can go to earlymorningmanna.com. And on earlymorningmanna.com, you can scroll down and you'll see uh, the pictures of Dalit and I in a blizzard situation in the north, northern Israel. Hallelujah. And you're going to see Mount Hormon and the foothills of Bashan. Okay. This is very, very important for us this, uh, this morning as we discuss this. And I pray your faith will be activated. Glory to God. So we're able to show you a few pictures of some of the units that we're helping and hanging out with there in the north. Glory to God. I'm just, my morale is peaked out right now. You guys ready? Hallelujah. So God is doing something new. And just to give you a, a quick summary, the Spirit of God spoke to me when I was in the bowels of a seminary studying in the most... Um, famous Pentecostal charismatic archive, um, historical um, library in the Midwest. And of course, I wasn't really interested in going out and, you know, and doing the Christian dating scene and doing all these things and, you know, living lukewarm, pukewarm, going to all these movies and all these things and go to chapel on Tuesday and Thursdays or Sunday and, you know, and repent and go through the same smorgasbord of the same messages over and over, okay? I wanted, when I got born again, hallelujah, 
out of a Jewish family. He appeared to me as the Lord of the commanders of the armies of heaven. Hallelujah. I didn't get saved because I was afraid of going to hell. I needed to be sins, be forgiven. Something was scratched in my character. Okay. Uh, I got saved because he, the sovereign creator of the universe, came to me and totally scared the snot out of me. Hallelujah. And showed me that he had called me. Hallelujah. And so since that glory realm visitation, you can read about that in some of our books and earlier teachings. Um, we've been on our track, hallelujah, to see the lost sheep of the house of Israel born again. I don't understand believers that are all over the place, okay? Schizophrenic, they're all over the place, bipolar. They've got all these things going on. God told me this, and then a year later they change, okay? They're double-minded, and they don't. you don't see this progression of them reaching toward a goal. You know, I knew from day one, I got born again in 1979, that God had called us to the Jewish people, that um, I was going to marry an Israeli wife, that we were going to be geared toward uh, uh, bringing a move of the Spirit, hallelujah, and uh, for His pleasure. Glory to God. I knew that we would not be a big popular ministry. I knew that we would not be marketed in certain ways. I knew that he had reached down from heaven and his touch was upon us, hallelujah, and set us on a a whole pioneering effort into the Middle East. So everything we were doing for the uh, 18 years before we even got here was all preparation, hallelujah. And you look at the mess, the messages that God began to send, give me. Here I'm in the bowels of this Learning Resource Center, Pentecostal Charismatic Library. Come on, folks, stay with me. We're, we're going somewhere with this. You're going to get blessed. And I found this Israeli um, uh, military officer who was also an archaeologist, find this ancient Nabataean civilization that lived for uh, centuries in the harsh Negev, the southern desert of Israel, and were able to live because they knew when to channel these huge flash floods that would come raging through. The name of the book was Streams in the Desert. Nelson Glick was the Israeli archaeologist. And I just was so drawn to that. And out of studying that environment of the historical geography of the, of the desert pattern, hallelujah, which God uses to test us and separate us and purify us. Isaiah 35, the highway of holiness is there. Sorry, it's not in the Midwest, Interstate 35, okay? Isaiah 35 is not an interstate. Isaiah 35 is the highway of holiness of God in the desert. And so I was really attracted to Isaiah 43 that speaks about this new thing God was doing and the sign that we would be aware of it uh, with these incredible Neharub Yishimon in Hebrew, these flash floods would break out in the Yishimon desert, the wasteland of the seven deserts of Israel, which is the southern end of the Dead Sea, okay, uh, which rarely ever floods, that when rivers broke out there, it was a sign of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Isaiah 44, but it's also the sign of the quick return of the Lord Jesus. Isaiah 59, and all Israel being saved, which is quoted by Paul in Romans 11, 25 and 26. And so notice the mystery, okay, of God doing something new. Uh, you can look around all the different web portals, all the different ministries, all the different Christian TV, all the stuff going on out there, okay? But you can center in, glory to God, cut through and get specific and get right to the core of it all. Hallelujah. Right to the taproot. And the taproot is Isaiah 43. Behold, I do something new. Glory to God. And the sign 
to the worldwide body of believers is this flash flood scenario. So, of course, in 1989, you've heard us report about it, that there was flash floods here, and that preceded the uh, renewal, whether it be Rodney Howard Brown, Toronto, Brownsville, whatever. If you're against it, for it, it doesn't matter. What matters was there was an awakening, uh, maybe not awakening, uh, we should say. Let's say there was a renewal, okay, return of the first love, of repentance, okay, uh, hunger, and uh, spontaneous services, extended services began to break out. Of course, a lot of people flaked out out of that. And we see the burned out holes of ministries and men and women of God who couldn't keep their Levites on. Therefore, they rejected and could not be a Levite any longer. Anyway, so this is where we're at right now. And as I reported to you in January, just a few weeks earlier, that there was this massive flash flood that broke out in this Yeshimon Desert of Isaiah 43. And the whole country here was was uh, just amazed. We were horrified at the amount of water and the amount of uh, innocent um, lives that were killed. Um, flood watchers, you know, flood chasers, whatever, went down there and were caught up in this flood. Um, the Wadi Paran, Wadi Tzion, uh, that an entire uh, watershed of the Negev almost like fell in one night. And I have a personal friend who is a, um, he's in a very elite uh, unit in the army. What he does, he trains uh, soldiers how to be trackers, how to track terrorists through the desert, how to live in the desert and survive. Very, very unique, kind of like an Apache Indian scout, you know, you see from the old cowboy movies. And uh, he's also on the side, um, a tremendous, just a tremendous historian, a uh, tremendous uh, Zionist and a tremendous tour guide. We go with him once a year on these special tours in the desert. And he told me, he said, when these floods hit a couple of weeks ago, he got, normally he would take groups there to see the, 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 the waterfalls and you know the majesty of roaring water for the desert. He says what happened, it was so much rain fell in one night that he goes on and says, it was like a 700 year history fell overnight. And all the escape routes were flooded. I got so scared, Scott. I got on my four-wheel drive, and I got home barely with my life. I raced home. You normally, I would race out to get pictures and video, okay? But I raced home to survive these flash floods. He said, I saw rocks, okay? The size of homes move through this raging waters like marbles in a street, and I know what he's talking about, okay? Because I went down there two days later with Dalit, and I saw some of those pictures, and I saw all that water that emptied into the Dead Sea and how it, the devastating amount of it was and breaking some of the dikes that hold some of the Dead Sea evaporation pools. It was just amazing. So I know without a doubt that we're on to something. Hallelujah. And my job was to blow the trumpet, to be a Holy Ghost weatherman, a watchman on the wall, to be his witness, okay, and to declare to you that something new is happening. Now, if we had known it, it would have been something new. Okay, so something new and sovereign through God's Spirit is happening. And the sign is this tremendous 700-year flood, so to speak, that has hit the Israeli desert. And we must be ready for that. Glory to God. Now, the other part of the ministry here that you guys know about drafting or you're getting to know for those that are new to the podcast and, the, and coming to our website subscription is this. Um, God has given me a, a tremendous background in biblical literature. Uh, I'm a real stickler for the Word of God. Glory to God. 
And uh, I loved studying the word, the, the history, the historical geography, the context, the customs, uh, the roots, and putting it all together, glory to God, to deliver people really the word of the Lord. Because God called me, he says, You're my word that you bring forth will being like streams or rivers in the desert give refreshing to my people. So, um, you know, and people knew that and they recruited me to be, you know, in teaching and professorship positions at different, you know, uh, schools and places. But I'm not called to just stay in the classroom, okay, and teach the ancient text. Okay, there is a, another calling, and that is to be mobile. So in that process of, of learning the ancient text, we also kept, um, glory to God, our stamina and endurance built up to do street witnessing, spontaneous operations, out in the streets, glory to God, put on night vision, glory to God, and doing recon up the river of God to look for POWs and MIAs in the concentration camps of sin. Hallelujah. And we've been doing that for years. And thank God I hooked up with a wife, glory to God. I like to call her Mrs. James Bond. Dalit, she is, whoo, hallelujah. She's a Ramboette. And we just have a great time together and uh, going out and doing operations for his glory. Glory to God. So it's the word of God, okay, and the proper context to feed you guys. It's the spontaneous operations, okay, and the shofar drive-bys. And you guys can read about all those miracles. Then there's the, the prophetic aspect of the dreams, okay, and especially Dalit getting the dream of a 911 before it ever happened, okay, nine years before it happened. She had a dream of the trade centers coming down. And again, when it happened, I wept, okay? I was weeping not just because of all the people that were killed that day, okay? Or weeping because, oh, Wall Street's melting down. Oh, what are we going to do, America? I was weeping because nine years earlier, I approached a, a ministry that is on Christian TV today, very popular with many people, who I used to work for. And I said, we need, Dalit had this dream that the trade centers are coming down. She saw angels of the Lord on top of it, lightning flashing east to west. The Lord rumbled and the angels, the archangels dropped their swords and the trade centers imploded, just like you saw on TV. And in that process, it was a time for us to move to Israel and war was beginning to break out. And we needed to warn the people that uh, the time is short. The Lord is coming soon. And, um, and maybe we should go to the World Trade Center and, you know, maybe on a Friday afternoon or at least once a week minimum, go out there with bullhorns and, and post, you know, and, and witness, okay? Go out there and do whatever we can to witness to all the executives coming in and out of Wall Street, in and out of the NASDAQ, in and out of um, the Trade Center, okay? And all that area there, Battery Park, and witness, but think of all the people that when they saw the trade centers fall, they said, oh, you remember those crazy uh, Bible fanatics? Those people used to preach to us every week, telling us these trade centers were coming in. We used to mock at them and, you know, and throw our Coney Island hot dogs at them and whatever. You know what? They were right. I want to get right with God. So that was part of my weeping, is that all the people we could have reached, and we didn't reach them because the ministry that we were work working with at that time thought it was not... Um, really conducive 
Why? Because a lot of ministries don't like the street witness. A lot of ministries don't like to proclaim and herald the gospel. Okay? A lot of ministries like to stay in their niche of the gospel ghetto. Okay? Stay in that narrow place. And if they do go into an outside situation, it has to be very controlled. Because they're very afraid of persecution. Afraid of turmoil. Afraid of riot. Okay? That's why there's so many, quote, quote, professional Christian bodyguards. Okay? And ushers. Okay? Having to make sure everything is quiet. And controlled, okay? So, what am I getting at, brothers and sisters, is that we lost the element of surprise, okay? And then later, when another ministry came to New York City and running out in Madison Square Garden for a whole summer, we told them the dream. And he said, oh, I don't believe in that stuff, okay? I don't believe, you know, God is good, you know, and God is going, we're going to bring good news to New York, not bad news. I said, why are you crazy? If you would have listened to the dream that came from heaven and began to proclaim it, okay, from the pulpit of Madison Square Garden, think of what would happen to your ministry, Okay, that you were the one that proclaimed the World Trade Center was going to drop down, or you're the one that warned. Look at all the people you could keep on speaking to their lives right now. So anyway, so I made a decision after I saw the Trade Center's fall at nine one one. I said, you know what? I'm not going to listen to flesh and blood again. Okay, I thank God for flesh and blood that comes and it confirms things. Iron sharpens iron. We have elders and apostles and, you know, and being submitted to a board and whatever, okay? And God will use a child to correct you if you're going off, okay? But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about um, listening to men rather than listening to heaven. And I made a decision. I am going to follow what the Holy Ghost says. Hallelujah. And so we began to run throughout the church, as many of you know, and began to preach. God began to give us a warrior pattern called the judge's message. Okay, what is the true leadership of the local church? Is it the pattern of the judges or the pattern of the monarchy, the kings? And we see that God hates the monarchy. He says, all of your evil began at Gilgal, it says in the book of Micah. He says, I came to hate you, or excuse me, Amos, I came to hate you at Gilgal. Well, why? What happened at Gilgal? That's where they anointed Saul to be king, to lead them into battle instead of obeying what God said through Samuel. So we see, brothers and sisters, God hates the monarchy. He hates the kingship system. It's not of him. It's a, it's a man-made system. And this teaching in the body of Christ that we're called to be kings and priests is half wrong. In the book of Revelation chapter 1, we are not called to be kings. The Bible says in the original Greek is we're called to be a kingdom of priests, not kings and priests. So anyway, King James and those people that are under a monarchy and whatever else, okay, uh, <coughs> think of kings because they're under kings. But God never calls anybody to be a king. There's only one king. His name is Yeshua, Jesus. He's the king of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. So we move away from the kingship monarchy pattern. And we've got so much teachings on our website. Here's you look through it. And be blessed. Listen to some of the teachings about it. Hallelujah. Be challenged. There's no kings mentioned in the book, in the Hall of Fame of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11, by the way. Just simple people, skim of the earth, prophets, okay, judges, okay, the patriarchs. That's it, folks. So you see that this kingship monarchy pattern. And listen, I've had some pastors that, you know, they listen to this message and, and they start getting irate. And the reason they get irate is because God's putting the finger on their sin in their heart, okay? That you're in a control system, okay? That you've based your ministry on a monarchy pattern and God does not want monarchs. He doesn't want popes. He doesn't want these, these uh, hireling leaders who cannot go to war. I'm telling you folks, this is, this is fighting words to some, some pe- professional ministers out there that make their ministry uh, their business, okay? 
And, uh, you know, they blow some head gaskets, they get upset. And I said, show me scripturally where I'm wrong. And so we, we've gone in depth to teach that before we came to Israel, okay? And as I did that, I said, Lord, man, you're calling me to preach this message, number one. Number two, you're calling me to preach the mystery of lawlessness. And I've been traveling for 15 years throughout North America and Canada and Europe to build a support base of believers that would send us to Israel with monthly donations so we can labor in these final frontier of the last days. Hallelujah. This Middle East harvest here. And uh, the Lord started told me preaching those messages. And we started losing support base, started losing, uh, quote, quote, friendships and associations. And uh, I said, Lord, you're going to have to take care of it. But this is your message. I'm going to obey you. And just lo and behold, glory to God, the Lord starts sending financial blessings. Hallelujah. We had somebody, he, they shared them or they. I don't know who they are, angels or a man or a woman or they. I don't know who. Glory to God, just pay for the whole facility here in Israel. Hallelujah. Debt free. Paid for by cash. Hallelujah. We're in situations where um, God's told us not to travel as much, but to stay here and continue to pioneer, which I'll talk about in a second. And suddenly money comes in out of nowhere. I don't even know who these people are. I don't even know, trace it where it came from. But it comes in exactly when we need it. Hallelujah. And some of you out there have been giving into that because you're excited to see the supernatural provision. Glory to God. So um, this is bringing the remnant. This is causing those that are hiding in the cave of Dulam, those that have not bowed their knee to Baal or kissed uh, uh, him on the lips, okay, so to speak. They're saying, wow, I can operate in the Spirit. I can preach what God's telling me to preach and not be subservient Okay, not be a hireling or not be connected to a structural system, okay, whether it be a certain local church, um, a denominational system, or a support base of how to raise money for missions, whatever. I can live supernaturally, hallelujah, and be free from the control and fear of man. It's pretty cool. And so that's been exciting. You know, that's been real exciting for us, how God's been supernaturally providing. Glory to God. But you look at the purpose of these messages. Why do we want ministries and men and women of God to base their lives on the book of Judges and not the book of Kings? It's because God wants you to be a warrior. He doesn't want you to be a hero. Look at all the charismatic heroes that are falling apart. Their marriages are falling apart. That's been happening the last five or six years. Okay? So God wants you to be a champion. An unknown scum of the earth champion. Hallelujah. Based on 1 Corinthians 4, he wants you to be um, a champion, a warrior. And so really, the reason you're drafting, giving, interested in this ministry is because you say, wow, look at Scott and Delete. You know, they're just simple people like I, but there's a champion element. These guys are fearless. They go into these dark dens of iniquity, terrorism, you name it, in the Middle East. Hallelujah, they're doing it. They're hanging out with the special forces. They're doing operations with the special forces. They're bringing in the element of the shofar. Hallelujah. And spontaneous, aggressive justice. Glory to God. To the serial killers. To uh, the religious fanatics. Glory to God. To organized crime here in the Middle East. Hallelujah. And we're seeing results. But also, hallelujah. They're not trying to build this big, huge, popular ministry. Okay, and get on the one of the Christian satellite channels. Come, you understand what I'm saying, brothers and sisters? Our purpose is to raise you up to be these warriors. 
Glory to God. These battle axes, like God said in Jeremiah 50. God wants you to be a battle axe. Hallelujah. He wants you to raise you up to be men and women of war. So what gives me great joy in making disciples, hallelujah, or making people that become disciplined to take up their cross to the Gethsemane lifestyle, not my will, but your will be done. Hallelujah. Is to get you a place in that zone become a powerful warrior. Now, the, the latest implementation to help you in that, we posted in our Spirit-Filled Fitness page, is to get your physical body in shape. Hallelujah. And I ain't talking about cosmetic. Cosmetic will happen, okay? We're talking about getting the extra pounds off, okay? We're talking about getting you up early in the morning. Hallelujah. To spend time with Abba and get your temple in shape to do your flesh. Hallelujah. And we've been, you know, Hitting on that for a while to people to eat right and to exercise. And not just exercise, you know, lifting weights and doing all these other things. But we're talking about endurance exercises. To, to be like a marathon runner. It's not how you start the race. It's how you finish. To develop the slow twitch muscles in your body. Hallelujah. To learn uh, endurance. To learn uh, the long road. Glory to God. To learn patience. Hallelujah. And we've heard great reports of people getting back in shape, jumping on the sp- and on the bicycle, uh, running or swimming, hallelujah. Not just for the purpose of, you know, getting cosmetic change, okay? But getting to a place where they can live, hallelujah, free of circumstances. Now, what if happened all the electricity goes out and you have to walk around and you know, hunt your food or catch your food or go places, okay, and there's no air conditioning? Listen, folks, you're, you're overweight. I'm going to tell you something. Your energy level is down. You're in a situation where you, you can't operate. So you came in, you came to walk, walk up five flights of stairs if the elevator goes out. What I'm trying to say to you is that God wants you to get back in shape. He wants to build your cardiovascular system. And that carries over in these last days. Hallelujah. And I know it's funny when I travel places, I ask people how many times God's been waking you up early in the morning to pray. And everybody, every hand goes up. And I say, how many people here God's been telling you to start working out again? Every hand goes up. Okay. So I know the Lord's speaking on this. And the whole purpose of this is not just a self-consumption lifestyle. The purpose of this is for you to be a warrior. And that's where we're going today. Bashan, the mountain of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> here we go. Now, let's just shoot some sacred cows here. Everybody comes to Israel and they want to see the holy mountain, okay? Jebel Musa, Sinai in the south, would it be in the Sinai Peninsula under Egyptian control, or Harkrakom, which is listed on our website as the site, whatever. Whatever you want to say about the south area, known as Arabia to the Romans, okay? Which is where the children of Israel wandered, where God gave the Ten Commandments and all those wonderful things, okay? That's one mountain. But that mountain is listed to be a type like Hagar, it says in Galatians. Then there's the Jerusalem, okay? And, you know, we, come, we take people here to Jerusalem, we kind of pop their bubble and say, listen, this walled city you see here is the Jerusalem of Herod. It's not the Jerusalem of the Bible. Of course, this is the Jerusalem of the Romans of Herod that killed our Messiah, okay, and he rose from the dead, okay? But the real Jerusalem he has chosen is underneath this Jerusalem and to the left, under the dung gate, okay, of Mount Zion or Zion, the mountain of excellency. And that's what we call Ir David or the city of David that since 901 has been coming to the forefront here. Hallelujah. That's causing all these Muslims to manifest demons and get all mad, okay? Why? It's because we have found, glory to God, uh, the Israeli archaeologists have found the very mount 
the very tabernacle of David, hallelujah, that's being rebuilt, the place that Solomon and that God has chosen, the real Moriah, okay? Not next to the, you know, the gold mosque, okay? And the third most holy site in Islam, uh, the, the gray mosque behind the western wall, okay? That's an outer retaining wall. We're talking about going uh, a little bit outside the dung gate, okay? The trash gate that Herod made because he wanted to cover up all the trash, and make David not known. He wanted the people to serve him instead. He was a megalomaniac. And, but underneath that is the city of David. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so then we take people to Bethlehem. And see, see the Bethlehem over there? Beit Lechem? Uh, that's the Bethlehem of the Catholic Church. That's the Bethlehem of tradition. And that's not the real Bethlehem. The real Bethlehem is right here to your right. Okay? So the shepherd's field. So we, we like to show people these things. Okay? To move them away from religion away from the swamp water sites of tradition and get you to show you the reality, the real new thing that God is doing. Now, when we talk about Bashan, which is the title of today's message, Bashan is one of the mountains of God that God has chosen, just like he has chosen Hartzion or Mount Zion, okay, catty corner to the old city of present-day Jerusalem. Interesting, isn't it? So everybody comes over here and talks about the, you know, the tabernacle of God and, you know, and all these wonderful things. And they seem to miss the greatest uh, secondary mountain, a parallel experience that's not even listed anywhere about Jerusalem. I know there's going to be a new Jerusalem coming out from heaven. Hang with me, folks. That this is so awesome. Hallelujah. What is Bashan, first of all? Well, if you look at our website and our latest emails, earlymorningmanna.com, you're going to see these Israeli Special Forces Alpine unit up there protecting our borders in Lebanon and Syria, up in the north, in an area called Hermon. Now, Hermon is a very interesting place. Um, it was captured by Israel uh, from the Syrians, um, it's really is the eyes and ears electronically and IDF-wise for security of the land of Israel. Um, it's covered in snow even now this time of year. Um, it's an alpine uh, environment, and it makes up um, the entire eastern border of Lebanon, the western border of Syria, the northern border of Israel. Glory to God. And you know, Psalms 126, it says, Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. Uh, excuse me, Psalms 133, how, how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. And it talks about, it's like the dew of Hermon coming down from the mountains of Sion. There the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. This is one, this is, I, I did my thesis on life, idea of life, uh, uh, eternal life in post exilic literature of ancient Israel. And this is one of the texts I use. There the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. This is one of the first references to eternal life in David's uh, um, writings of the Psalms. It's very interesting, isn't it? It's just, it's just amazing. This idea of eternal life, glory to God. This place of the next life. And there God commands the blessing where brothers are well together in unity. It's like this life-giving dew that comes down Hermon, okay, which is the uh, watershed for the Sea of Galilee and the Jordan River, okay? And it's here, hallelujah, that's connected with Mount Zion. 
Very interesting. So you got to look on our website and see this snow-covered cap that looks like, you know, the Rockies or the Alps or whatever. Believe it or not, that is Israel. You'll see uh, Dalit and I standing there at a secret military base, uh, blowing the shofar, hanging out with some special forces. Glory to God. And you'll see a huge, uh, one, two, three, uh, say at least four, maybe five meter high uh, wall of snow. Glory to God behind me. And that's how much snow falls up there. Now, what's interesting about this place, Hermon, it is known in the Bible days as Bashan. Okay? From Hermon, the snow-covered, down to the Jabbok River, okay? Uh, that makes up today the Golan Heights. Now, we can't give away the Golan. It's very important we understand this. The Golan Heights is the ancient place where, first of all, one of the uh, redemptive cities, the Levitical cities, cities of refuge, was located. Second, in Genesis, this is King Og hanged out. King Og is part of the Rephimim, one of the um, fallen race of beings that were giants in the land that were the ancestors, the kinfolk, to Goliath. Interesting, isn't it? So here you have a land of giants on this plateau that leads up to Mount Hermon, this race of supernatural demonic giants lived. Thank God Joshua went in there and took them out. Hallelujah. <laughs> glory to God. And it's this place that God has chosen for his glorious habitation. And it is this place that Syria is manifesting daily that they want it back. Now, let's go back. So we see this life forevermore, blessings, uh, how Good and pleasantness, your brothers dwell in their unity based on this Mount Hermon, based on this watershed of all the snow and rain up there that fills the Sea of Galilee. Hallelujah. And based on this area that Syria wants to go to war and Lebanon, the Hezbollah, and all this stuff going on, they want this place back. Well, the spirit behind them wants it back. Now it goes on and says, by the way, I just heard a sonic boom just come over our house. Uh, as I'm talking, the F-16s, F-15s of the Israeli Defense Forces are training. Lord bless them and protect them. Anyway, now Bashan is, is interesting. Uh, there's, it's a very fertile uh, region. Actually, uh, there's some mockery in Amos. Uh, God calls the women the cows of Bashan because they're so fat and well-fed and so backslidden. But let's not get into the negative aspect of Bashan being used um, as uh, prophetic literature to uh, mock the rebels. Let's go to why has this place been chosen by God? Not just Jerusalem, but Bashan, which is, okay, the Golan Heights and Mount Hermon. Look at Psalm 68. It says, first of all, verse 1, Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. Let those who hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. So let the wicked perish before God. Hallelujah. So we see here, let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. As a psalm of David, which is taken from Numbers chapter 10, of the trumpets being blown. Hallelujah. And the cloud was moving to go out to war. When God arose, hallelujah, you say, well, how do I know which way God's going? Follow God's war, warfare pattern of justice. His cloud moved out, let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. Okay. God was moving into war. The trumpets were to sound to warn the people. And this is what they said. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Hallelujah. Now, it's interesting that as God's arising, we're to lift up a spontaneous song of the Lord. Verse 4. 
I looked up a song for him who rides through the deserts. Hallelujah. Now, it's interesting here that the reference to Sinai is given. O God, thou dost go forth, verse 7, before thy people, when thou dost march through the wilderness, the earth quaked, the heavens dropped rain at the presence of God. Sinai itself quaked at the presence of God, the God of Israel. And you can read about that in, in Exodus 24 and 25, the glory of God that came on the mountain. Hallelujah. And Moses was in the midst of a cloud, and on the seventh day God spoke. Woo! And he goes on and says, and the first thing, by the way, that happened on the mountain was not the Ten Commandments. The first thing that God said was take up an offering for those who have willing hearts, that I may come and live and dwell among you like a neighbor. Same Hebrew word for Shekinah glory is the same root for neighbor, okay, or housing project here in modern Hebrew. God wants to come off his mountain and hang with us like a neighbor. Hallelujah. But he'll only hang with those that have a willing heart that want to give. Those that complain, come on, let them go back to Egypt. And then it goes on and says here, in this place, God gives the command. And the first people, the Bible says in verse 11, the Lord gives the command, the women who proclaim the good news are a great army. So the women here, God uses women. And there's so many awesome uh, women of God in this hour that are moving forward after God. They're taking up this, um, the flag and the baton are running into battle right now. I love it. Hallelujah. We need more Deborahs and Yaels in this hour. Amen. And they're running into battle. So the first, when God's doing something new, arising, the sisters began to hear this word of the Lord and they began to proclaim this good news. God's doing something new. Get ready. Hallelujah. Remember, it's going to war. And those who cannot get out there and minister, so to speak, but are home with the children, it says, she who remains at home will divide the spoil. Glory to God. And it goes on and talking about this great army of women raised up as God's doing something new. Now, verse 15 Look at this. It says, a mountain of God is a mountain of Bashan. A mountain of many peaks is a mountain of Bashan. So the mountain of God here is not listed as Jerusalem, okay, or Mount Zion, okay, or Sinai, but it was a whole new mountain brought in here in biblical literature that I have never heard anybody talk about. God spoke to me about it two or three days ago at breakfast with Dalit. And she looked at me, she gives me that look when I start getting these revelations from heaven, hallelujah, and she just like, go with it, hallelujah. And, you know, within five seconds, I get like 30 scriptures just pop up inside of me. Wow, I see the whole thing. So here we go. I won't give them all to you now. You can look them up. But it says here, the mountain of God is Bashan, which is Mount Hermon. And it says here, why do you look with envy, O mountains with many peaks? The mountain which God has desired for his dwelling place, sure the Lord will dwell there forever. So we see now that God is going to dwell forever in the northern mountain of Hermon, which is the area of Bashan. And the next verse is a military verse, verse 17 of Psalm 68. The chariots of God are myriads, thousands upon thousands. The Lord is among them at Sinai in holiness. Thou hast ascended on high, thou hast led captive thy captives. Thou hast received gifts among men, even among the rebellious, that the Lord may dwell there. This is incredible. Hallelujah. So what's happening now is this place of God's eternal habitation is now listed as a place where the chariots of God amass. And verse 18, which is the entire key for all leadership in the New Testament. Let me read it to you again. 
Thou hast ascended on high and led captive thy captives. Thou hast given gifts unto men. For those who remember that, this is quoted by the Apostle Paul in Ephesians. Let me just turn to that real quick for you. In the book of Ephesians, woo, which was a general epistle, not just written to the Ephesus, but to all the believers, all the churches, okay, to bring them onto the same page. And it says here that the purpose of the unity of the Spirit, again, Psalms 1-3, Behold how good and pleasant it is, which is connected to life forevermore, which is there at Mount Hermon, which is Bashan, same place, okay, that it's in this place of unity that God says he's ascends on high, Ephesians 4-8, he led captive a host of captives and gave gifts unto men. And verse 11, and he gave apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors, and some as teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building of the body of Messiah, until we all come to the unity of the faith. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together. La, 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 la. Okay, anyway, glory to God. So we see here, this place of unity that we're commanded to walk in, and then the unity of the Spirit, glory to God, is not going to be based on personalities and church doctrines, okay, and all these things. It's based on getting to the mountain of God, hallelujah, this Mount Hermon, hallelujah, this watershed for the entire Sea of Galilee in northern Israel and the Jordan River, this place that is as important as the dew is to the farmer in Israel, place called Bashan, that was the place where the Rephaim, the king, the giant king Og was, which today is the place that Syria and the Hezbollah in Iran want to steal back from Israel. The place that is the most, one of the most key places for reconnaissance, electronic warfare for Israel in the north is the place that God says is my eternal abode forever. And it's at this place that I give out the apostle gifts the prophetic prophet gifts, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. Why? For the work of service, for war. Wow. Man, that's deep. Hallelujah. So the entire leadership of the apostolic prophetic church, the entire leadership that God sets in the church is based on this holy habitation of Mount Hermon in the north. This is powerful, folks. And this is the judge's pattern. Woo! These are the military leaders. Hallelujah. And pastors and teachers and these guys that are, you know, and gals that are more social service orientated, go work for the Red Cross or United Nations. I mean, really? I don't mean that in a bad way, but if you're not called to do military operations, to follow the book of, then, then move into a ministry of helps. Too many pulpits are led by effeminate Winnie the Poos, Okay. We need powerful men and women of God that have been sent by God to do war. Hallelujah. And not to stroke people and tickle them, but to deliver the message of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, it's interesting here that this is reason this is here so people won't be tossed into and fro by every wind and doctrine of men. Well, we need this right now. I love raising up warriors. Hallelujah. Now, where is this... Mentioned in the New Testament, Bashan, which is Mount Hermon. Luke chapter 9, the transfiguration of Jesus. You come to Israel, most tourists will take you to the 
um, Mount Tavor, which is not far from Nazareth uh, in Galilee, overlooking the Valley of Armageddon. It's not the real place, folks. Jesus wasn't there for transfiguration. Helena Schmelina, okay, she, she came over and inaugurated this place. Oh, this is where Jesus was transfigured, okay? And the Catholic Church and whatever else, Byzantine Church, whatever, built their entire monument there. It's not the real place. The real place, according to the scriptures, that Jesus was at Caesarea Philippi. That's right at the mount, at the, at the foothills of Mount Hermon. And he took the disciples up to a high mountain. There's, what high mountain? It's the Mount Hermon, Bashan, right in front of him. And there he was transfigured. Before he was transfigured, he says, Who do men say that I am? Elijah, prophet, one of the, you know. He says, Who do you say that I am, Peter? And Peter says, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Okay? That's when Jesus initiated the apostolic anointing that would later take off after they're born again and filled with the Spirit upon Peter. Revealed to him at this holy abode, this holy mountain, who Peter really was. Hallelujah. And the gates of hell will not prevail against that revelation. Hallelujah. And then after that, hallelujah, he takes them up, Peter, James, and John, to a high mountain. This is right behind him, Mount Hermon. I need to take you there, folks. It's awesome. And they went to the top, and Jesus was transfigured before them. And God the Father appeared in a cloud. Moses, which represents the law, Elijah represents the prophets, appeared and spoke to Yeshua, Jesus, about the sufferings, okay, that was going to happen for our salvation, redemptive history. And the Bible says Jesus was transfigured before them. It's the Greek word metamorphosis. It's the same word from Romans chapter 12. I want you to be transformed or metamorphosized, the renewing of your mind, okay? It's the same word used in Corinthians, okay, that, you know, we're transfigured, okay, by the glory, from glory to glory. Woo! And so they hear this, they see this, and Peter falls back and says, well, we'll build three tabernacles. Last time the glory appeared in Mount Sinai, we'll build three. We'll build one for Moses, one for Elijah, one for you. And God speaks, this is my son, listen to him, meaning everything I'm doing is not going back to the old pattern. Everything I'm doing is tabernacled in him. And they were so afraid. Hallelujah. And Jesus warned them not to talk about that. That's Mount Hermon. That's where the revelation of Jesus being the Messiah, not just a prophet, not just a rabbi from Nazareth, okay? But the Messiah was birthed to the first human, Peter. Hallelujah. And the gates of hell could not come against that revelation. This is the place that God inaugurated Gifts unto men. Hallelujah. These warfare gifts. Hallelujah. He was transfigured and the glory appeared. Now, where else is this Mount Bashan or Hermon mentioned? Look at Second Peter. The last writings of Peter, the apostle, who went through a lot of things, but stayed faithful to the Lord, who's writing the last thing, to his disciples, to the leaders, the apostolic leaders and prophetic that are throughout, the pastors, the teachers, the evangelists. The last things before he's departed, before he is um, martyred for his faith. And he writes here in Second Peter chapter 1 about Mount Bashan, this holy mountain. Verse 16, for he did not follow come of tales, verse 16, 
may know you the power and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, but I witness of his majesty. You know, too many believers sharing somebody else's third or fourth generation testimony. Get your own testimony from God. Hallelujah. Don't live on fables and fairy tales and exaggerations and maybe other glory events that happen in other people's lives. What about you having a revelation of God? And it says, we are eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory, verse 17, St. Peter chapter 1, such an utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved son of whom I'm well pleased. And we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. The holy mountain is not Tavor. The holy mountain is not Zion. The holy mountain is not Sinai. The holy mountain here is Mount Hermon, the Mount of Transfiguration known as Bashan, the abode of God. Hallelujah. The place that God pours out the gifts unto men, apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers. Woo! The place that he was transfigured. Glory to God. And it says here, verse 19, And so we have the prophetic word made more sure to which you do well to pay attention as a lack, shining in a dark place until the day dawns and a morning star arises in your hearts. Know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. No prophecy was ever made by the act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit were spoke from God. But false prophets also arose among the people just to be false teachers who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. And many will follow their sensuality. And because of them, the way of the truth will be maligned. And in their greed, they'll exploit you with false words. Their judgment from long ago is not idle. Their destruction is not asleep. Look at here. So Peter is warning us from the Bashan, Mount Hermon experience, number one, that there'll be people, false prophets and false teachers. Why were they among us? Because they were good teachers and good prophets at one time, so to speak. But they're among us, okay? They'll secretly deny these doctrines which are based on sensuality, me, I, I, okay, id, okay, my destiny, my word, my life, okay, and it, based on greed, how I can prosper, how I can, okay, look at this, this is all right here, and these false teachers and false prophets that are among us, okay, will rise, and how do we combat that is by not running, looking for a Mount Hermon transfiguration experience. So many people are out looking for something to happen. Okay, I think most people, uh, hopefully a lot of people learned their lesson, okay, from all the yahoos out there that having certain signs and wonders happening in their meetings, but they couldn't keep their pants on, couldn't keep their marriages together. Come on, hooking up with another woman instead of leaving their wives. Come on, folks, it's, 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 it's crazy. Moving right along here. So Peter's saying, even though we saw God himself transfigured in the flesh, Jesus, we saw God the Father in his overshadowing glory. We heard the majestic voice of glory. Hallelujah. Read the accounts of the transfiguration in the Gospels. It's incredible. He says we have a more sure word of prophecy than having this experience on Mount Hermon. The more sure word of prophecy is the prophetic word of the scriptures. What Peter's saying is that the prophetic prophets, Amos, Micah, Hosea, Jeremiah, this goes on and on and on. The apocalyptic 8th, 7th century prophets is a more sure word to listen to than having a transfiguration experience and eyewitnesses of God's glory. Folks, you've got a major in the Old Testament glory scriptures that are, that are, that are used 
in the New Testament that are make that make up the gospel. Look at Romans 16. Paul says the gospel I preached to you is from the scriptures of the prophets. Major in knowing the prophets of the Old Testament. Hallelujah. Because it's our morning star light in this dark hour of false prophets and false teachers. Okay? And see how it's read up into the New Testament. And it will put you on the Mount Hermon experience. It will put you in a transfiguration experience. Hallelujah. Where you may not see the glory of God. Maybe you will. Hallelujah. But you'll be listening to the voice of God because God's voice is coming through the holy prophetic scriptures of the Old Testament right now that are woven through the New Testament. Woo! Hallelujah. Mount Hermon, God's holy habitation. That's where it's all coming from, folks. Hallelujah. Now, we're, our hour is about up, and I just want to encourage you, study this out. Mount Hermon, Mount Bashan, is a place where the military gifts of God are released. Hallelujah. Now, what we God has instructed me, those who come to visit us here, those who are coming over, my job is to take you to Mount Hermon, and we're going to take you to that place, the top of the top, okay, of the highest point in Israel, the mountain of God, Bashan, for God to equip you, for you to have a one-on-one experience with the master, and God is going to birth in you. He, he will give the gifts, not because you feel like you're inclined to be a teacher or a prophet or whatever. He is going to give you the gifts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may think, well, he just gave it to you. But what he actually is doing is initiating the gift he already gave you before you even the foundation of the world. Woo! He is going to reveal himself to you. He's going to pour out a fresh anointing. You're going to know him. You're going to be able to know flesh and blood and not reveal this to you, that Jesus is the Messiah. You're going to be filled with a warrior anointing. You're going to be um, processed by the glory realm, metamorphosized into being an apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, whatever helps, whatever God's called you to be, psalmist, whatever. Hallelujah. And we're, we're, our job is to facilitate that, to take you to this mountain of God. Hallelujah! Not Jerusalem. There's a new Jerusalem coming down. You, you'll see Jerusalem later. And not at Heart Zion. Heart Zion. But why, were you, I mean, why do people want to hang out in this Jerusalem? It's called Sodom and Gomorrah, the place that kills the Lord, the place that's going to murder the two, the two witnesses in Revelation. I mean, come on. Every person that's led by the Spirit, I know that goes to Jerusalem and say, man, this place is oppressed. I can't stand i got to get out of this place. I totally agree. It's the seat of every unclean bird. It's the, it's the harlot of the nations. Yet God has chosen a certain part of that for an end-time thing. But why go there and hang out? Jesus only went there to preach and rebuke and, and resurrect, be killed, whatever. What you you and I need to do is go to this warfare mount where God is arising. Hallelujah. This Mount Hermon, this Mount Bashan, to get in unity, to get a revelation, not flesh and blood does not give it to us, that the gates of hell cannot prevail against, to have gifts from heaven given unto you. Hallelujah. And to go from this place and do what he's called you to do. We're going to help you get to that and if God opens the doors for us to go some of these special forces bases up there meet some of the brothers okay hallelujah meet some of the IDF uh, officers wonderful they'll be part of the you know the, the cherry on top of the the Sunday here <laughs> so this is what we're doing up in the north folks is this awesome or what this is it I can see people coming over for many sabbaticals people coming over for short term people coming over for a week or two and we're taking you to the mountain of God 
and God himself reveals himself to you. Whether it be in a transfiguration experience or he reveals himself by transfiguring your mind and renewing it according to the glory realm of these morning star passages that Peter says is more important than having experience itself on the mountain he had because it's our morning star light to guide us in this hour of false prophets and false teachers among us. Is that powerful or what? Hallelujah. And it's there in the north. Mount Hermon, known as Bashan, where Joshua went in and bound and killed the strong man. King of Og, one of the Rephamim, one of the fallen ones. Giants, the race of giants in the land. Brothers and sisters, this is one of the operations we're doing. Hallelujah. And uh, we're not coming up here to us to sprinkle you with holy water from the Jordan. Let's take you to, what, to the source of the Jordan. <laughs> We're not going to take you to all these religious sites, okay? Let's take you to the source of it all. Hallelujah. God's holy habitation where he equips his people and then later sends them into the Jerusalem experience. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, uh, we're at $101,157.50.7.04. Let me repeat that. One hundred one one five seven and four cents. What that means is that we're looking for people to be risen up as monthly partners. You can give whatever amount God puts on your heart for the pioneering efforts. And I haven't even talked about counterterrorism and all the stuff that we're doing for the special forces. Uh, you can look through other emails and other videos. I'm talking now about equipping believers, equipping men and women of God, warriors that God has risen up in these last days. Hallelujah. That are not lukewarm, pukewarm, but they're on fire to come over here. Now you see why we need um, the $1.3 million to buy the land next door. By the way, the owner is selling the land. The land next door, uh, this morning I was coming back from an early morning jog. Uh, and I see uh, the real estate agent putting up the sign. It's for sale. Hallelujah. Before this guy would even sell to us. Now it's for sale. Okay, so brothers and sisters, $1.3 million is not much. Agree with us. Hallelujah. Give whatever God put on your heart. We're gonna, we want to buy this land. We want to build it out. So you guys have places to stay. Instead of spending money in hotels, come stay in one of the, the, um, uh, the suites, okay? One of the long-term uh, extended stay apartments we're going to have upstairs there. Hallelujah. And go with us on these special operations. Glory to God counterterrorism and soul winning and all those other wonderful things and meet some of the new disciples coming up. Hallelujah. And go to Mount Hermon and be uh, revolutionized in the scriptures and by God's experience what he's going to do to you. God himself is going to come to you. Hallelujah. Come over here and in the mornings work out with me. Go running. Go jogging with me. Go swimming in the ocean. Hallelujah. Come hang out with some of the special forces that I'm doing a, a, a triathlon with. Hallelujah. Come experience the fabric of of a warrior society that God has breathed in these last days. Sixty years ago, they came from the nations of the earth. Hallelujah. We have come here. We have made Aliyah. This is our home. Hallelujah. This is the final battle of time is here. I just lived just a few kilometers up the road from, from the Valley of Armageddon. Folks, we got front row seats. Hallelujah. You know, in the way that... Uh, uh, Obama is trying to contain Iran. Forget about just building out a missile room in our house. We need a nuclear fallout shelter. And that this is, you know, people talk about how hard it is to live here and all these battles. I said, listen, man, I've been pre pre preparing for battles all my life. I, I love it. I love just being, winning the battles. Hallelujah. I love the endurance race. I love the conflict. I love, hallelujah, Marines never retreat. They only regroup and redeploy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
this is what you're sowing into. Dolly and I had been called to raise up Rambos and Ramboettes. We now, I didn't have this revelation in Mount Bashan until just a few days ago. We now can see, I can see clearly now, the rain is gone. Woo! I can see it, folks. I can see us taking men and women of God to your transfiguration experience with the Lord. We're brothers dwell together in unity. The watershed of Israel. Hallelujah. We're, we're, Peter says is our morning star light. And take you up to this place, which, by the way, is one of the most guarded secrets of Israel. And take you up there and let God reveal himself to you. Hallelujah. And out of that, apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists. Hallelujah. Men and women of war sent out as God is arising. We need your help, folks. We need your help to initiate this. Now, listen, I'm not here to badmouth anybody. I'm, I'm assessing troop strength, okay? And they just brought in another, another Christian um, programming into Israel last month. We'll mention it. I don't need to mention it. And I, my wife and I, we turn this stuff on, you know. We go to Fox News, whatever, see what's happening in America. And I look at this real quick. I says, you know, it, it doesn't make sense. I, I understand there's some good things on it, but... Most of the stuff, it does not raising up warriors. Okay, it's like giving people pacifiers that are 50 years old. Give me a break. When are you going to move out of your mother's house and get your own job and quit sucking your thumb and start eating meat? Come on, folks. Hallelujah. I know about becoming warriors. Hallelujah. Now, God hasn't released us to go public with what we're doing. I guarantee you, if we were to go public, we could write books videotapes it would blow people's minds okay what we're doing over here and the doors of favor that have opened with the special forces why the special forces and these guys are committed they got a work ethic a lot of them are humble and teachable hallelujah and not afraid of the terrors of night they make great shepherds of israel in the future Whoo, hint hint anyway let's get this finances in the hundred okay we were we got three months behind we needed um just over $13,000. It came in, and we rejoice. We are current. To this date, okay, we are current. This Thursday, the 18th of March, 2010, we are current with the bills, okay? But folks, we can cut a couple more weeks. We got the 1st of April coming in, and uh, we got bills coming in. These bills are, are taking care of our very small a mortgage in America on, on our ministry headquarters and townhouse that's there, uh, taking care of the vehicle expenses that are here, four by fours that we have for the desert outings and Mount Clermont and all the stuff that we're doing. Uh, we've got special forces, okay? You know, yes, this place is, is, is paid for that we live in, but we got taxes, we got utilities, we got five children that eat like horses. <laughs> Hallelujah. You all know what that means, parents. So we have these funds that need to come in monthly, okay? And then we have the 101000 which we want to use to um, continue to build out these special forces um, projects that we've been doing. I can't really share with you too much what's happening because we're under security restriction. But it's the best fishing hole I've ever been in my entire life. It's like fishing in a bass pond in Alabama or Mississippi that's never been fished in before. And every time you throw a lure in, you catch a 12-pound bass. I mean, it's amazing. This is the most fertile ground I've ever seen in my life. Hallelujah. And then 
we want to build and buy. We want to buy the land and build out a facility that people can stay in, a warrior training base. Folks, this is good soil. Thank you for listening. Hallelujah. I'm two minutes over my time. We love you guys. Enjoy um, this uh, teaching on the Mount Hermon, which is Bashan. Hallelujah. May you be equipped and may you be sent forth by God and make your plans, not just to sow into what's happening here, but to come and visit us. Let us take you up there to this mountain of God. Hallelujah. That you may go one-on-one with your creator. We love you guys. We'll talk to you again soon. Shalom, shalom. Thank you for being a part of Rivers in the Desert International, listening to our message today to you. Perhaps you have a friend, perhaps yourself are sitting there and wondering, where would I go if I died today? We'd like to give you a great privilege of praying with us and leading you to a knowledge of Jesus the Messiah. The Bible says, if any man or woman would call upon the name of Jesus, they would be saved. The Greek word for saved is healed, delivered. It's a wonderful promise. You're there now in your automobile, perhaps at home listening. Go ahead and pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive me of my sins. The Bible says, if anybody would call upon your name, they'd be saved. I'm calling today, Lord. Save me. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Take all of my sins and cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. Father, I'm coming, running home to you now. In your name I pray, amen. If you'd like to contact us in our ministry, you may do so by writing us at Rivers in the Desert, P.O. Box 2788 in Alpharetta, Georgia, 30023 in the United States of America. Our ministry phone number is 770-777-0143. Of course, you can reach us anytime, 24-7, at our website contact page at www.flashfloods.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. We are here to help equip you to be tactical warriors in this hour, to wake up this church, to win and disciple lost souls, and to take out terrorism of all forms. God bless you. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.